Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch-fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. <laughs> ladies and ladies. Ooh, I should be a UFC announcer. What's up, connectors? Today, we have a absolute legend in the His House, okay? She is incredible, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her. But first and foremost, I just got to say, the power of connections is real. There is so much value in putting yourself in the right rooms, and that is how today's conversation actually happened. We use Pouch Studios for recording our podcast And we met this incredible woman hanging out at the studio. So you never know who you're going to meet. And now that we met her, we're here and we're ready to bring her on the show. So the value of connections is real and we are about to dive in. This is going to be a really good conversation because for some of you guys that have listened in to our backgrounds... Sam's first ever company was actually selling in Amazon FBA. So this is going to be an incredible conversation. We're going to really just put it out there and drill them both with some questions. All right, I'll stop talking and I'll bring the woman to the floor. The legend we have in the house today is Amazon business expert Joey Roberts. Joey Roberts is an Amazon business expert who has achieved remarkable success going from zero to over $1 million in just 12 short months. Joey is a thriving entrepreneur and owns several businesses. She's also dedicated herself to empowering and supporting other women on their entrepreneurial journeys. That's why she's here today. And Joey is the host of one of the top-rated Fearless Sellers podcast for the women of Amazon, where she dives deep into the strategies, mindset, and tips for thriving in the competitive world of Amazon selling. Joey, we are so happy to have you on the show today. How are you doing? Wonderful, especially after that amazing introduction. (laughs) I'm going to listen to that like five times, and I am thrilled to be here with both of you. Just make that your ringtone in the morning to like hype you up. (laughs) This is who I am. (laughs) This is what I've accomplished. First, I want to address the elephant in the room. I know you listeners can't see it, but Joey's got some awesome fancy pants on. And I'm about to buy like 20 pairs in different colors. So uh, inspired by Joey. Fancy pants, Joey. And throwback to Party Pal days. That was the brand name (laughs) of my Amazon store. (laughs) Joey and I are not on the same level. Party Pals was great while it lasted, though. (laughs) Just got to insert that. I love that you tried Amazon FBA and you learned, and that's what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I want to dive into your story of entrepreneurship and getting started. Before we get into the nitty, the gritty, and the strategy behind e-com, Let's go on back and circle back to when 
you first got started? What led you on the path to Amazon? This is something I don't actually tell a lot of people, but my very actual first time attempting to sell on Amazon was 2017. And this is, did not go zero to a million in 12 months. <laughs> it went from zero to basically $5. Okay. We turned a profit. <laughs> yes, I was not in the negative, although I still have about 90 of those products left. It was a strap that could attach to a stroller. And Sam, you would totally appreciate this product. It connects to your wrist. I should have brought you one. And it connects to the stroller so that your baby doesn't roll away from you. Mm. Yeah, it was a total passion thing. And I had just had my baby and I thought, you know, what if these strollers were to roll away? I'm going to go on this mission to save all babies from rolling away from their caregivers. Save the world of babies. Yes. So <laughs> Modern as, day hero. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I need a cape right now with my strap. And that totally flopped. And that's okay because at the time... I was running a commercial wallpaper business. And in 2014, I'm a little older than y'all, I left the corporate world. I spent 16 years in the corporate world. And I was a phenomenal employee. Y'all, I had a beautiful corner office. I had... With the, like, skyline? Basically. I mean, I had the artwork with the skyline. But there were windows. <laughs> it wasn't Austin. And I had a great job and I was a really good employee. I had a nice car. I lived downtown. I was living the life and I wanted to work for myself. And I actually had a guilty feeling about wanting to leave the corporate world. And I felt like I should be leading women above and beyond on this journey. But I, also inside me is like, I'm a great employee and I want to work and make money for myself. And I didn't want to make other people money as their employee. Now, I still like to make other people money, but I get to do it on my own time. And a lot of it was driven by I didn't have enough time to work out. I wasn't a mom at this point. I just wanted to work out when I wanted to work out. And I wanted to work when I wanted to work. So I started the wallpaper business. Took me about three years to get profitable with doing that. I went big. I did commercial designs. I got to do some of HomeAway's offices. I did Under Armour did care.com, you know, that's like female <laughs> company, driven company. And then it was 2017 when I had my baby and those straps came I'm like, I'm going to sell this on Amazon. This is going to be my big win. And I'm just going to live the laptop lifestyle. I'm never gonna have to work again. I'm selling this on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. So that was really I kind think of that product was underappreciated. I mean, honestly, that's a great idea. Go get you those straps. She's got 90 left. Yes, thank you. If anybody wants to sell them, I will gift you the 90 and y'all can take my course and learn to sell. <laughs> I love it. So 16 years in corporate before you started your entrepreneurship journey. I want to take it back to before entrepreneur was even a thought for you. How were you raised? Because oftentimes we are raised to go to college, get a job, like retire at 60, whatever. How were you raised and what shifted to make you want to be that entrepreneur? Exactly. I was raised and followed the exact path that you are told to do. You know, I went through high school. I was like high school cheerleader. I was an elite gymnast. I cheered in college and then went to college Got my degree in, I got two degrees, broadcast journalism, one in public relations. And then I went and worked in television news. So I was definitely doing exactly what you're told. But 
I do remember growing up, my father, who was very successful, I did have a nice upbringing. I don't have the rags to riches story mm-hmm. that a lot of people want to hear. But I do think it's unique because my mother didn't work and my dad had a good job and he traveled and I was one of four kids. And my dad was so dedicated. I think he spent 25 years at the company that he was working at and traveling. And I remember him saying to me, you need to start your own business. You need to work for yourself because otherwise you'll just work for somebody else your whole life. And my dad did end up starting his own business and he was able to sell it. And that was like when I was in high school. And that's when he started kind of hammering the entrepreneur stuff into me. But nothing sinks in at that age. Well, maybe it did for Sam because you were like hustling (laughs) at 19. I was party pals. Yeah, party pals. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, sure. When I was eight, I had a dog walking company. And my dad was like business coaching me through Aww. how to run this dog walking company. And Natural born entrepreneur. Yeah. And he was just like riding me on that. It was when I was talking to my dad a lot about what was going on in my corporate world. And my dad actually came out and got to see me in action at the F1 track here. He came to one of the events I was hosting and throwing in the suite. And my dad had a phenomenal time. But for me, I was Bust in my butt the whole time, you know, making sure that the drama was being alleviated and people had what they wanted and the suite was being, you know, looked at right. And like all the celebrities who were there were looked after. And so I didn't really have, I'm sure I had fun because I was there, but that's not the kind of fun. You want to be the person being waited on. And that was kind of a turning point for me when my father was like, this is really great, but you're working. He's like, I didn't even think you were working hard. I came out here, saw you. And he's like, you work all the time. And he's like, but you know that's for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it hurt because I was like, but I'm so valuable and I'm so important to this company. But it's not my company. I didn't even have any equity or stake or anything in it. Oh. What would you say would be the main, let's say, top three things you learned from busting your booty in corporate that you now implement into your entrepreneurial journey? I would definitely say skill-wise, I am so blessed that I got to work on big marketing teams. I was on the marketing team at Callaway Golf. I got to work with Getty Images. So those skills that you learn in your corporate job, whatever your corporate job is doing, you can apply it to whatever you want to do being your own boss. And interpersonal skills is invaluable. Learning how to communicate with all different walks of life. You do not get to pick who your employees are. If you're in a cubicle or an open floor plan, You don't get to pick who you sit with. And I learned a lot of lessons. I mean, this is going to shock you, but people weren't always nice to me in the workplace. And especially being a very small woman who is, I'm assertive and I'm very direct. And I am a huge team player, but I also felt like that 80-20 rule, like I'm always in the 20% who is getting the shit done. Mm. And I always want the other people to rise up. So I learned maybe a lot about myself, like taking a step back and not being so assertive in certain situations. Because remember, it was somebody else's company. And just because I was like, this is how it has to be. Well, guess what, Joey? This is not how it has to be. There's somebody above you who will actually say how it has to be. Yeah, I relate a lot to, you know, working in these different companies and knowing that I had a lot of skill sets to bring to the table and thinking to myself, why am I doing this for you? 
when I can make my own money <laughs> and I could do this for me. <laughs> and both my parents were entrepreneurs, so it was cool to grow up and watch them hustle and make it for themselves. So I relate a lot to also wanting to be waited on. Especially <laughs> when I was a food server. <laughs> and I would sit there and I would bring these people like these four course meals and they would sit there and they would tell me, put the potatoes on the other side of me, like Ooh. things like that. And I'd be like, oh, I just want to sit there and I just want someone to do this for me one day and I want to make my own money and I want to have the freedom on the other side of it. And I think there's a lot of women or entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast that maybe they are in corporate. Maybe there are a lot of skill sets. Maybe they're working in restaurants. Maybe they are just making it by wherever they're at right now. They know they have skills and talents and they know that they can create something for themselves. But there's that turning point. There's that decision to go off and do it and actually take that leap. And 16 years and being your whole life like Leading up to this moment where you take that breaking point, and you say enough is enough. This is what I'm going to do. That's huge. Was there any sort of mindset barriers you had to get through to take that leap of faith? Yeah, I mean, looking back to the moment I quit and I'll work backwards, but I remember sitting there in my nice office looking around and it was like an out of body experience. It's like, how am I going to even lift myself up and go down to the CEO's office and say this. I was terrified. I felt like I was going to throw up. Like I, it was looking back, I'm kind of like laughing at the way I felt, but it was so real and scary. And it felt like I was about to make the worst decision of my life. Like I was like the bride going down the aisle who decided not to go. Like that's how big that decision was to me. And the way that I made the decision was... I was living and breathing and stressing so much about this corporate job. And I was like, I just want to, you know, build my team up to, you know, 20 people and be the head boss and all of this. And the other part of me that was like, I can do this on my own. And there's not a good time in my life. Like I was at this point where I was like, okay, I need to have a year saved up. I need to have six months of money saved up. Well, a casual conversation I had with a guy who's an entrepreneur was like, yeah, that's all great, but really us entrepreneurs just go for it. So I set a timeline and it was, I think it was like either six weeks or four weeks and I put it on my calendar. I was like, I am going to do what I can to get outside money coming in. And that was my goal. I was like, I just need some kind of money coming in, whatever it is. And, and actually today there's a lot more opportunities, right? You can be an in-store shopper, you can Uber, when I was doing this in 2014, there wasn't all of those opportunities. So I was like, okay, I just need to believe in myself. Well, unfortunately for me, the way I was trying to make money was off of the same skill set that I had with this corporate job. And the people I was asking to be my clients or pay me something on the side were like, well, you work for this company, so that's not appropriate. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to float down this office and I am going to leave all security that I have known. And I was single. Like I was not married. I didn't have, you know, this knight in shining armor. Any of, and my parents were in San Diego and you know, I was like 34 and I was not going to go and live with my parents. I mean, that would have been rock bottom, right? I quit my fancy corporate job and then I moved back in with my parents. Like that wasn't an option. Like I and my rent was exp I was expensive. I made an expensive life for myself also. And I was not willing to sell my car or move. So, yeah, I just took the leap of faith and I made it and I quit. And 
it was just this like crazy moment. I'm not saying I was like proud. I'm proud of myself now looking back, but I was not proud of myself. I was just terrified. But that's what fear is, right? Fear is just a feeling. And I embraced the feeling and I went through it. And I can't even remember really the conversation with the CEO because I felt like I was going to throw up the whole time I was saying it. Like I felt like I was watching a movie and it's ridiculous that I thought I was so important to that company. Like who I wasn't anybody. They replaced my job like, you know, two weeks the later. Next day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? There was some assistant or something on the next floor like, yes, it's my time to shine. <laughs> right, finally, you're welcome. <laughs> One of our favorite sayings is to feel the fear and do it anyways. And that's exactly what you did. And it like it gives me a flashback. I turned on. I remember when I was quitting my last job and I told myself I'm never going to work for someone ever again. And I convinced myself I knew that this was the real deal. This is the last job I'm working and I'm going to quit right now. And I, I only lasted two weeks. It was in sales. <laughs> I wasn't great at it at the time. <laughs> and I turned on the song Demi Lovato. What's it? It's Confident. And I blasted it to gain the courage to walk in there. My boss wasn't even there that day. And I was trembling. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> You're like, I'll just send a text. <laughs> I was like, can you just tell him that I'm done? <laughs> and I remember packing up everything and... You know, you're leaving security, you're leaving behind something that you thought was going to hold you no matter what. It's going to pay your rent, it's going to pay the bills. I didn't have a solid amount coming in either at the time for myself or my business. And I was like, I just got to, I got to burn the boats. I got to burn the boats and do it. And this is going to light a fire into my ass. And that's how I'm going to make it happen. Feel the fear and do it anyway. So I love that story. I love it a lot. I feel like a lot of women can relate to that too. I want to switch gears into now because we talked about a little bit of your first Amazon experience, profiting $5, right? We still did it. We still profited a little bit. But you eventually came to where you're at now where you've had multiple exits out of Amazon businesses. You're running multiple Amazon businesses. You're leading other people that are running Amazon businesses. And you went from zero to a million in less than 12 months. So what happened between that moment of finding that product, finding your groove in this new venture from your $5 profit wristbands? I was still doing the wallpaper company and it was the end of 2020, right? So it was COVID. I had a two and a half year old boy, my only child, and I was potty training him and all the buildings got shut down. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not busy with wallpaper projects right now. And here I am with a lot of time to think while I'm watching my kid run around with no pants on. <laughs> I was like, peeing on everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, I can sell on Amazon. And it was the first time that it had popped into my head. And one of the things was that I was thinking about is, oh, I should sell in wallpaper and art. And I thought, you know what? No. I already made a mistake, not a mistake, a lesson. I already learned from my passion strap, stroller strap. And now here I am with my brain still on artwork. I was like, I am going to flip my thinking and I want to think about the end first. What is it I really want to do on Amazon? Yes, I want to make money. That is why we all do work and go into business. But I wanted to be good at selling on Amazon. And I wanted to apply my corporate world skills, my marketing skills, sales skills. I like algorithms and SEO stuff. I wanted to apply that. And Amazon is super 
easy to start selling on because there's already buyers. If people open up their Amazon app, they're already trying to buy things. It's like, okay, so I know the buyers are there. What do I want from those buyers? I want them to give me money. And I started with the end in mind of how much money do I want in my pocket? And I wanted to make somewhere around $100 per unit sold on Amazon, which is unheard of because people think Amazon is a price race to the bottom. And I don't look at Amazon that that way. And I like to teach people about margins. And I started with, okay, if I want to make $100 per unit, I need to sell something, don't know what, something on Amazon that's at least $200, ideally a little more. So that's luxury products. I like luxury. I was selling artwork. I told you I worked for Callaway Golf. So I was very comfortable with higher price points. So that's really where I started. I didn't even have a product yet. And then I started Googling top Amazon sellers because I had already made mistakes with my first business, wallpaper business, not making money right away. I was like, I am going to find a mentor and a coach and I am going to learn to sell properly on Amazon and I don't want to make mistakes because I'm not messing around now. So that's what I did. I ended up joining AMZ Insiders. It's a coaching program for entrepreneurs, anybody who wants to sell Amazon FBA that is private label, which is the same that you did, right, Sam? Mm -hmm. Private label. And from there, I learned about margins and research and profitable products. So I found my first product. It was in outdoors. It's kind of like an outdoor accessory company, I would call it. And I launched and I overdid the marketing. I mean, overdid it. It's like Father's Day was coming and I just went crazy on Father's Day. And I sold out of inventory a week before Father's Day. And when I'm telling, so I launched in March, Father's Day was June. So, you know, three months in, when I'm telling you I sold out, I was somewhere around close to $200,000 in sales halfway through June when I ran out of inventory. Mm. So, I mean, my sales like took off, maybe not the first like couple weeks, but by like six weeks in, the business was just getting ahead of me and it was growing and growing. It was like taking on this life of its own, which I've learned learned a lot from. But yeah, so then I just like held on really tight and I went for the ride and I did not have all the answers. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had mentors. I had some coaches to ask questions to and I figured out the rest. That is an incredible story. And I want to take it back to, I mean, you said so many good points, but two core good points that you said. And the first one is having an end in mind. And oftentimes, a lot of people, when they become an entrepreneur, especially coming from working for somebody else, right, you have to learn entrepreneurial tips, entrepreneurial tactics, how to show up as an entrepreneur versus an employee. There's a big difference there. You can be a good worker and not a good entrepreneur, right? (laughs) And so you step into entrepreneurship and you're like, okay, I have to do, do, do. I have to do all of the stuff. I also have to learn how to actually build the systems If you don't have an end in mind, your brain, your subconscious does not know how to complete the tasks that you're working towards. And so the fact that you were like, okay, I need to figure out what is the big picture I'm creating for myself? Where am I headed first? And then what are the steps that are going to get me there? What milestones do I need to hit? That is why 100% you scaled so quickly in the long run because you had that end in mind. And then the second thing, we talk about it all the time. 
but investing in somebody that has already done what you want to do. There's a lot of people that could be successful doing it on their own, but let me tell you, it'll take you a lot extra time, a lot more sweat and tears and maybe even blood and a lot of lost sleep versus investing in somebody that has been there that can guide you, that can answer your questions and lead you. So you already knew exactly what you needed to step into your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I wanted to learn from somebody who had already done it. And now that I've done it and I coach, I still invest in coaching programs, right? The first coaching program I invested in, it was, I don't know, I spent somewhere around like $8,000, $10,000. doesn't even matter what I spent. I got so much out of it. But now I was just, I'm in a coaching program now that I spent $30,000 on. I'm in a mastermind that cost $25,000 to be a part of. And to keep my brain learning is what is going to keep me on top as an entrepreneur because I don't have the boss or the coworker or somebody saying, hey, Joey, you should go to this training or paying for me to get training. And it is hard when it's your credit card, but there's no better way to invest in yourself than to get yourself the training and education that you need to keep improving. And if everybody listening, if you are around somebody who thinks that they know everything and they have it figured out, they don't need to learn from other people, get around somebody else because those are not the right people. You want to be around people who are constantly improving. Keep your learnings above your earnings (laughs) always. One of the things that I heard, which I'm going to ask you on earlier, you mentioned that you lived an expensive lifestyle at the time. And part of me feels as though one of your maybe reasons for getting success quickly is because what we've seen and what we've heard is that the money that you're making is a direct reflection of what you think that you are worth and what you think Hmm. that you are valued at. Interesting. And so because you had this lifestyle that I'm not giving away my car. I'm not doing this. and I'm not doing that. Like, I'm going to maintain the lifestyle that my corporate world was helping me to afford because maybe you had that subconscious thinking. You were like, I'm going to work from the back. This is how much money I'm going to make. This is how it's going to happen. And breaking it down to that point maybe could have helped you with being able to turn a profit a little bit quicker than most people. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it's the relationship with money. I've always had a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. with money. I don't let money control me. And I looked at it as, I mean, look at it today as it's easier to make more money than to go and save and cut corners and like, you know, only eat rice for two weeks. I'd rather just trust myself that I have the skills to go and make money. And people make money all around us. I mean, we're buying stuff all the time or, you know, spending money on softwares and stuff. And those people are making money. So, of course, I can make money. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it like, just to touch on motherhood, too? You had a two and a half year old at the time and he was peeing on everything, running around trying to get body (laughs) trained, building that business. I'm sure you had a lot of maybe stress on your plate with learning how to scale this business or this business was scaling and you were trying to like manage it and it was getting ahead of you. What was it like also having a two year old at the time? Yeah, and it was COVID. So there's zero. Nobody will come over to my house and even watch my kid. I can't send him (laughs) to daycare. Yeah, people always talk about like the right time to do stuff. Well, let me tell you the worst time (laughs) to start your business. And I did it. And also on top of this, my husband at the time was um, traveling and his company was based in Chicago. And even though it was COVID, he was still expected to go and at least be there. So he was still traveling. 
Yeah, it was it was the worst time and it was very stressful. But the way that I got through it was my son's name is Ford. As soon as I could get Ford to sleep and it didn't matter what time, you know, it's like, okay, if one day he doesn't get to sleep until 10 o'clock, doesn't matter. I was still going to put in at least four hours after he was asleep. And I'm not saying every single night. I'm saying at least like three or four times a week. I would take those four hours. I would block them out. And I would know that that is my time to focus on things that I cannot multitask. Like product research. I know it's going to sound crazy. Product research, looking for a product to sell, you can do all day long. You can give 50% of your attention to. When you are doing keyword research to trick the algorithm and understand how to rank higher, and and it can be Amazon, it could be your website, it can be anything, that takes 100% of my attention at least. So I had to block out that time to know that I am allowed those four hours to do that work. Yes, Ford might wake up and then it gets like completely ruined. But I tried to set time where I wouldn't be interrupted. And plus, we had a media room in our house and I pulled everything out of the media room and I built a gym because, you know, all the gyms were closed. It's like if I do not take care of my mental state and do some kind of workouts and I have videos of my workouts and it is Ford riding on my back. <laughs> I'm like doing push-ups or I have like a, I put in a bar like a bar around the room and he's swinging and hanging off the bar and I'm doing like, you know, ballet work. <laughs> I think that is a great tip for anyone that's listening that if you have kids, if you're stay at home and you're trying to build your business at the same time, putting maybe a list of what are your 50% tasks that you can kind of give hand in hand to and then what are your 100% tasks that you need to get fully focused in. And so when those nap times for me happens twice a day and I know typically the hour range and what time it's going to be at, those are the 100% time frames. And then the 50% is typically right after nap time when he can, you know, multitask with himself a little bit. <laughs> And so structuring your day like that, I think, is genius and and can help a lot of moms, too. I agree. And for you, Sam, you probably feel this way, too. But like you can talk yourself out of doing anything because you're busy with your kid or, you know, you have to walk your dog or do something. So it's easy, I'm sure, for both of you to talk yourselves out of doing things. Even if you don't have something to do, it's easy to talk yourself out of doing things. One hundred percent. There's been so much magic for me in just setting that like one hour non-negotiable time, right? Even for you guys when you have your kiddos taking a nap. But if you can just set one hour non-negotiable, shutting everything else off, the scrolling, the phone, the phone calls, your mom bugging you, whatever it is, and just focus on that 100% task, you'll be surprised how much you can get done in like an hour to two hours in your business. There's a book called The 4-Hour Work Week. You don't have to work all week as long as you're doing non-negotiables and being all in on what you're doing. Okay, I want to take it back to your story and kind of where we left off. So your business started picking up. You're balancing baby. You're balancing working at home during COVID, all the craziness. And then you had an inventory issue. So mm -hmm. you completely sold out, which is a blessing and a curse all in one. How did you fix that challenge? How did you overcome that challenge? And then what came next? I leaned on my coaches during that time, and it was a terrible feeling. I ran out of inventory right before Father's Day. I felt like I ruined Father's Day. Like, I'm all that powerful. You know, who cares? It's just like a product. But it felt terrible. Like, okay. And at this point, I did have a few employees who were helping me out. And I had to just push through it. I leaned on my coaches. I asked, what do I do to get through this and get back up and running? Well, now here's, here's a key thing. 
The answer didn't come from the coach telling me what to do. But talking through the problem with the right people mm-hmm. is how I figured out how to, to how to fix it. I did partial ships. I had to ship part of it to the customer so that I didn't get dinged with um, Amazon. And then I got back up and running. Did I learn completely from that lesson? No, I ran out of inventory five more times. You know, <laughs> it happens, right? <laughs> like you, you just make mistakes. When and you need to learn a lesson, you'll get that lesson over and over until you <laughs> figure it out. Just kept hitting me, hitting me. <laughs> And that was really, 2021 was a very hard time to get inventory and get stuff out of China. Supply and demand was tough. I pushed the prices up. So that was one of the things that was a blessing is I was able to really push the price. And when you're selling a higher cost product, you have to sell less units to get to my million dollar goal. And I was coming around nine, 10 months of the ups and downs and the, you know, today's a good day. Now I'm crying in my car because the inventory and it was mostly inventory problems, which if you don't have your product in stock, you have nothing to sell. You have no money coming in. So it's a big problem. And that was when I got to the year mark and I thought, okay, this business is awesome. I could totally scale it and I could keep doing this and I could hire more people. And I wanted to do it for the selfishness of I want to achieve this. I want to build this big business. I was also at a point where I could also sell the business. So I flirted with both ideas. What does it look like with me having this like awesome team and getting a, I don't know, an office of people? Or what what would it be like if I sold and I had to start over on Amazon? And I put it out there that I wanted to sell the business. It sold pretty quickly, got some offers. And it was a hard decision because it was only a year old. To me, it seemed very quick. And then I thought, you know what? I can just do this again. So that's why I sell on Amazon again. And that's the beauty of having a coaching program, doing the course, and having mentors. Because with all that support and masterminds, I should say, I now have the ability to sell anything I want on Amazon. Like I can sell anything. Hmm. I love that you've transitioned into coaching, but also still doing what they're doing because you can you can exit your business and coach people on how to do what you, you did, but there comes a point where the industry is going to alter, the industry is going to change. And if you don't continue learning what is new in that industry, <laughs> you're going to be an outdated coach at one point in time. Right. And so you've kept yourself in there. You've kept yourself scaling your own business and scaling other people's, leading other people. So I want to ask, and we can kind of start to get into more strategy-based conversation, but from building a business that was an Amazon store that you exited, so building something with the end goal in mind of exit, Versus building something with the goal in mind of your personal brand being wrapped around it a little bit more. It's not something you can fully step out of like your coaching business. What have been the drastic differences between building the two? Yeah, the first Amazon brand I built, my face was nowhere. Nobody knew I existed. And I mean, really, even in the Amazon community, I didn't even start getting asked to speak or any attention for being an Amazon seller until somebody heard, oh, I think she makes around like, you know, two to three hundred thousand dollars a month in sales. And then that word got out. But before that, it was just me behind the scenes. And I loved that. But I wasn't it's not that I wasn't happy but I just wasn't 
feeling very connected, I would mm-hmm. say, to to the brand. I liked the sales. I liked running it. And that was one of the reasons I was like, okay, if I can do coaching and I can really help somebody, anybody, right, who wants to sell on Amazon, I can give back that way and I can build. And now that it's more forward facing, it is nice to share my story to inspire others instead of the other business where I was really behind the scenes making sure the products got in and out. So I do enjoy this more. And look, there's space for both because the products I sell now They're women's health products. And I went through infertility. So it's like kind of along the lines of fertility. So I feel closer to those products. And I think personally, I just care more about all of it. And then as a Amazon selling coach, I just care so much about other people's businesses. And I get a high when they start to get sales. And they're like, someone's really buying my product. And I was like, yeah, of course they are. I love that you say that because you can make all the money in the world, right? And at a certain point, it doesn't really matter how much more money you make. <laughs> like, sure, more money is cool, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, I've, I've already experienced it. I've already hit where I wanted to hit. But when you can help somebody else make money and help somebody else's life transform, there's just a whole nother like butterflies in your stomach excitement that comes with it. I hear about 20 to 30 percent of Amazon sellers are female and women, and you currently have a podcast for women that are Amazon sellers. So what inspired you to really be the voice for females in e-commerce? When I emerged in the Amazon world selling space as this, hey, this this woman, Joey, has been, you know, built zero to a million in 12 months, and everybody thought it was super cool. And asking me my story, I started going to the the e-commerce, Amazon events. I was looking around. I'm like, where are my ladies at? Because I can't be the only one. And I would meet women who maybe worked for other companies. And then slowly I was meeting more and more sellers, but it was like 20, 30%. And that always stuck with me. Like, where are the women? And I, I was looking into research with Amazon And the research I found said that, yeah, there's only 30%-ish sellers that are women, but the success between men and women were exactly the same. And I was like, well, yeah, of course, because women are better shoppers. So we can source. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. Duh. (laughs) Way better. And it's like, more women just need to know that we can put our shopping skills to work and source things for less out of China and sell them. And that was really where my mission was, was to, I'm a girl's girl. I have sisters. I have one brother too, but I'm a girl's girl. I wrote a book on infertility. And I was like, I just want women to hear my story and maybe it'll inspire one or two people and they can sell better than I can sell. But just know like the opportunity is there. Mm, I love that. I love that. So for some women that might be listening right now, what are three of your top getting started steps for launching an Amazon store. Step number one is join a webinar or one of my product challenges. Like tiptoe in, see if it's right for you. You don't need to just jump right into the coaching program and think, I don't know. But take the time to do even like your guys' challenge, like sign up for your challenge, any entrepreneur challenge of how to be your own boss. And I think those are really good introductions. I also think 
if we're just talking like Amazon specifically, when you are shopping on Amazon, start to think, hey, there's somebody on the other side of this product that did something right to get me to buy it. And think of it that way, like, oh, is this a product I would be interested in selling? What did I like about this? Was it the picture? Was it boldness in the title that said exactly what I wanted? And just shift your mindset just a little bit. It's like, yeah, okay, we all need to take action. So I'm not going to give you that tip because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already an action taker, right? You, you found this resource. But what I will say is get around the right people. If your conversations you're having with your friends are just bad-mouthing other friends or talking about kind of things that aren't that interesting, get around people who are inspiring and want to start their own businesses and be mindful of who your circle is because that's that's your free time and you should feel inspired from your free time. And if people are talking about people behind their back, they're probably talking about you. So go ahead, start your own business because I will tell you, the people who are talking about me behind my back are now coming to me saying, hey, <laughs> I want to start a business. Yeah, and I don't I'm, know where to start. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, y'all should come on in. Like, you can rise up with me. Hmm. I love that. Putting yourself in the right rooms, putting your shopping skills to work, putting your face on your business, maybe not putting your face on your business. You have shared so many just incredible tips for the listeners or ladies that want to step into Amazon or maybe they're in Amazon right now and challenged by it. It's been a really, really great episode and we've really enjoyed interviewing you. And I'm sure we could come up with like five hours worth of conversation, just picking your brain on everything Amazon. But unfortunately, the studio would probably kick us out. So where can the ladies find you and connect with you if they would like information on Amazon? Maybe they just want to watch your journey. Maybe they want to purchase one of your 90 products that never sold. <laughs> Who knows? Get where straps. They, yeah, get straps. Where can they connect with you? Easiest place is for sure Instagram, Joey, J-O-I-E, Roberts, dot official. And then you can also go to amzfearless.com, amzfearless.com, if you want to just check me out a little bit further. Okay, okay. And all of that will be in the show notes, too. Before we close out, we've got two more questions for you. This one question is a question that we ask everybody on the show and it always stumps them but uh -oh. the, the name of our business is connect her we've already talked about how putting yourself in the right rooms and having connections that are going to lead you towards your goal are so important what is one connection in your life that has changed the trajectory of your life the number one connection is my mentor and my amazon selling coach jamie davidson and he was the program that I joined. And now he is my business partner. And we're business partners with AMZ Insiders. And we have other ventures that we're doing together. So that hands down is the best connection. When the student becomes the master. <laughs> 100%. What is one piece of advice that Jamie has given you that just stuck with you all these years? When I was placing... My biggest inventory order ever, still ever. Wait, how scary was that? It was terrifying. What was the feeling? I, I couldn't do it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to wire this much money to somebody in China. Like, Who would do that? I am. That's why you close your eyes. And you're just like, it's a bunch. The button. Yeah, somebody else do it. But it was like my actual bank account. Mm. And you know, I should have just wired the money, but I was too scared. So I 
told Jamie, like, hey, I have to write this check for X amount of money. And his response was, yeah, get used to it. <laughs> He's like, uh, that's not a big deal. Just do it. Yeah, just send him the money. I love how that's the number one piece of advice. Yeah, get used to it. I mean, that's a cool feeling because it's like, I'd love to get used to that because you know what happens on the return. Yeah, I think it's like you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, yeah. Is what I took from it. Like, this is uncomfortable for me, but it's not uncomfortable for people who have walked it. So if if you can't be comfortable doing small things, you're not going to be able to be comfortable doing really big things. So I've tried to just suck everything up and get comfortable being uncomfortable. The most beautiful things in life are on the other side of our comfort zone, whether that is introducing yourself to someone at the grocery store or whether that is making a thousands of dollars investment, whatever it is, it's on the other side of our comfort zone. That is very, very valuable, valuable. So thank you for sharing that. And we'll maybe we'll have to have Jamie on the podcast, too. Who knows? We'll have to bring you both back in and let him dump all of his advice. He's in touch with his feminine side. You can have him. <laughs> you think he'll wear, wear pink for the interview? 100%. Okay. Jamie, you got to pull out your best pink shirt for this one. <laughs> Love to see it. Okay. And last question for you, Joey, is what is next for you? What is next in your vision, your next five, 10 years? I am challenging myself to sell some products that are hard to sell on Amazon. Okay. I just want to do it. And again, can talk myself out of it. Oh, I'm busy coaching. I'm busy doing this. But it's like, no, I I want to sell products more in the pharmaceutical area, supplements that are are difficult to sell. So that is kind of a near-term goal. And then Jamie and I are launching a software together. And I've never launched a software service. And so for the next several years, that's one of the big things that we're going to focus on. And I am hoping by like, you know, five to 10 years, I have one or two more business exits. Ooh, okay. I'm okay. getting chills with all that because I know it's going to happen. Thank you. I know you. it's going to happen. Would you, sorry, I, I just, now I'm curious. <laughs> Would <laughs> let's you just keep so on let's, rolling. The pharmaceuticals, would you always stay on Amazon or is that something you ever want to take like storefront? to like, you know, Targets and Walmarts and things like that. Def selling on walmart.com is phenomenal. I actually have that in our training program, our coaching program as well, is selling on Walmart. But yeah, that's a good point. When you have a product that is really good, you should expand globally and you should expand to retail. Okay, so five, 10 years, two years, one year, six months from now, we'll be looking for it in Wally World. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connectors, it has been an incredible episode interviewing the Amazon expert and legend, Miss Joey Roberts. If you want to hear more from her, go ahead and hop on into her podcast, which is called Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon. Women of Amazon, hop on over there. This episode has been incredible. We covered putting your shopping skills to work, scaling your Amazon business, Joey's journey of her challenges, all of the beautiful things she faced, stepping out of corporate, stepping into entrepreneurship, putting yourself in the right rooms. <sighs> it's been an incredible episode. And all of those details on where you can find her, how you can tune into her podcast, give her a follow, maybe even get coached by her is going to be below in those show details. So give her a follow and we will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Later. Peace.
Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.